Our scripture passage for this morning is found in Acts chapter 2, uh, beginning with uh, verse 36. Uh, Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 36. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls for the reading of God's holy word. Therefore, let all Israel know beyond question that God has made this, this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the crowd heard this, they were deeply troubled. They, they, they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Change your hearts and lives. Each of you must be baptized in the name of the Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, and for you, uh, for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God invites. With many other words, he testified to them and encouraged them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized. God brought about 3,000 people into his community that one day. And the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, you are our all in all. Thank you so much for this time that we have together. Thank you so much for this opportunity we have to worship you. To recognize who you are and whose we are. To recognize who you are and what we are. To recognize who you are and what we are to do. Lord God, speak to us the message that you have us to hear. Allow me to be your messenger this day. Holy Spirit, come. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Let the children of God say amen. Amen. It is good to see uh, uh, you here this morning. Uh, happy Sunday to you all. Um, the, we are on the final Sunday of the COVID, uh, 2020 COVID Odyssey. Uh, it's been a sermon series that I've enjoyed, and I hope you've enjoyed as well. I've, uh, I've learned a lot and, and enjoyed uh, uh, going through the series with you. Uh, next week, we'll start a new sermon series. It's the, uh, the Greatness of Humility, The Greatness of Humility, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we, we talked about it uh, a little while in our worship meeting on Tuesday, in our staff meeting on Tuesday, and I found out that unbeknownst to me, God was working, and there were some fun, uh, fun uh, themes going on that I didn't even recognize in the sermon series, but uh, we're going to have a good time uh, with the new sermon series starting next week with The Greatness of Humility, but this week is 2020 COVID Odyssey, and uh, and I'm focusing on uh, Apollo 13 with the great uh, words, the famous words that come from Apollo 13. Houston, we have a problem. Uh, it, it's hard to imagine. Uh, now, I was born in 1970, in September of 1970, but the Apollo 13 mission took place on April the 11th of 1970. That means it was 50, over, a little over 50 years ago that the Apollo 13 mission took place. I, I, wanna share, I wanted to share that with you today, the Apollo 13 mission, because uh, for the last sermon of this series, I, I find there's so much 
relevance to the Apollo 13 mission, uh, to what I see, uh, the COVID 2020 uh, odyssey, uh, to also the relevance of how we and the challenges we have in the church today. I think there are some really serious parallels. And I don't want to in any way, shape, or form, I'm not taking away from the heroic uh, the heroism of, of, of Jim Lovett and the, 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 the astronauts uh, that, that, uh, that remarkably were able to come back alive from that mission. Uh, but, but I do see some similarities between the ones. Now, uh, Apollo 13. You may recall, Apollo 13 was, the third, uh, uh, was to be the third lunar landing uh, uh, less than nine months uh, from the original uh, uh, first lunar landing. Um, their mission was to go and do some experiments and research on the moon and then to arrive home safely. However, just two days into the mission, just halfway to the moon, uh, there was a large explosion that took place, a large explosion in the spacecraft. Um, and immediately, Houston, we have a problem. Um, uh, and they had to survey, figure out what happened. Uh, one oxygen tank exploded. The other was severely injured. Uh, they were going to have a tough time getting home alive. They did have enough oxygen. However, there were the CO2 level, and they had to be, uh, number one, they had to, uh, I, I, I love watching the movie. It's been 25 years since the movie was out, which is crazy for me. Uh, but uh, they had to revert to the manuals. They had to, to communicate and trust mission control, the people in Houston, to what was taking place and what their steps need to be in order to arrive home. They had to be innovative. They had to be creative in, in doing things they've never done before. Uh, they had to be courageous and brave. And then they had to change the plans. They, they, they weren't allowed to. They decided to to forego the, the landing on the moon in order to make it home safely. Um, and, and, and they were able to. The, uh, from On April the 17th, they landed, splashed down, and landed and arrived home safely. Um, I, I see a, a lot of parallels from, from their mission uh, to, to surviving during the COVID season and then uh, the church surviving through the COVID season. Uh, I see a lot of parallels, but I also see a lot of parallels to, to, the, to the first church as well, um, because today the world we're living in is, is really hostile to Christians. Just as when the explosion took place uh, out in the middle of, of space, uh, it was a dangerous place for the astronauts. Uh, I see the world is becoming more and more dangerous for Christians. It, it's not what it used to be to be a Christian. Um, there's challenges. I, I am not being political, and I hope you don't hear me polit uh, being political right now, but um, I, I, I have heard so much after Trump uh, nominated uh, Judge Amy Barrett to the Supreme Court as a nominee, um, I'm not here. I'm not here to say that he should or he shouldn't have. That's not my point. Uh, my point is, is that the argument that I've heard against her on all newscasts, all newscasts, the argument that I've heard against her uh, among many is, is that, that she is a devout Christian. She's a devout Catholic. 
and, and somehow that being a devout Christian uh, should negate her from being, uh, from being a good Supreme Court judge, that her Christian values are going to be a, a hold a biasness for her to be a Supreme Court judge. Now, I'm not an idiot. I know some of the points that argument makes. But my point is that when they say that, that just sends shields through my spine. Number one, that, that you have to put devout in front of Christian. That to be a Christian uh, is one thing. To be a devout Christian is, is, is something completely different. That, like saying you have to say, well, they're an evangelical Christian, and these are just regular Christians. What's the difference? Should we not all be devoted? Should we not all be evangelical? Should we not all have the, the Christian faith be at the core of who we are and our values of our life? That blows my mind that they have to say, well, she's a devout Catholic surprises me it it saddens me that we have to separate even christians well she's a practicing catholic versus non-practicing catholic i mean so and the other thing is and again i'm not being political folks it's the fact that 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 they're raising that she's a christian and that she holds certain values should um keep her from being on the supreme court judge i'm not arguing it please understand it, that saddens me. When, when 10, 20, 30 years ago, that, that wouldn't have been an issue. We, we celebrate being a Christian. We, we support one another. And we honor the Christian values. And again, please hear me. My point is, is that, that Christians in all the ways are being, or the Christian values are, being, uh, are, are under attack now. So how do we as a church in this season of COVID, uh, in, in this hostile season of COVID, how do we as a church uh, not only survive but begin to thrive? See, the early church, they were far more, uh, far, uh, in a far more hostile uh, situation than we are now. And the early church not only survived but they thrived. The, the Acts tells us that they, in one day they grew about 3,000 people. Now, we worship hundreds here. Now, can you imagine all of a sudden one day we, we have 3,000 new members? And then after that, it continues to grow daily. What would happen? How amazing that would be? Well, this is what the early church, they were growing exponentially. They were growing just throughout the world, the known world, in a very hostile environment. Now, now, we're faced with a lot of first world challenges, and in a lot of ways, I'm not going to get into how the church could have failed, uh, but we need to recognize that where we are now, in the environment that we're in, and, 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 and learn from uh, Apollo 13, and learn from the early church about where we are and where we need to go. See, I've watched a lot of, I watched some football yesterday and I saw a lot of great teams uh, do not so well uh, yesterday uh, and, and, and a lot of things that happened to them where they weren't doing the basics they weren't tackling they weren't doing the fundamentals they weren't uh, understanding just, just the basic skills of being a, a good football team and I think in the church uh, that is us in a lot of different ways and I'm just here to remind you and challenge you in this season of COVID of who we are and whose we are. So, 
What do we learn from the early church? How did they grow in spite of, uh, of being persecuted? How did the early church grow in spite of the challenges that they had? Now, we have the Internet. We have uh, cars and technology. Uh, we have it so easy, but yet the church and the early church grew so much quicker than, than, than we're able to. What was the difference? What did they do differently? Well, uh, it, the Acts actually tells us what they did. If you go to verse 42, verse 42, uh, you might want to highlight this in your Bible app or, or hi, and, and highlight it in your Bible because this is, this is great. If you ever want to know what the basics are in, in being a church, what the basics are in being a Christian, uh, here, here's some basic core values in being a Christian. It says, The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. The believers devoted themselves. There's that word devoted again. So what's the difference between devoted and not devoted? I mean, if you're a devoted husband, a devoted wife, you're devoted to your children, devoted to, to, to your job, there's a certain level of commitment, right? A certain level of commitment. It's not just going about just the business of it. Well, they were devoted. That means they were committed. They were devoted themselves to these things. Number one, the apostles' teachings. That's the reading of the Bible. They were committed to learning. They were hungry about learning who this Jesus was. Now, we are, some of us are so numb to hearing who Jesus is that we think we know Jesus, so we don't worry about reading the Bible because we know this Jesus, so we don't read the Bible. When if we're devoted to his teachings, then we should be willing to open up the Bible and reading about who this dude is and make our own opinion about him. And then fellowship with other believers and challenge ourselves and challenge them. About backing it up by what you're reading in the Bible and, and, and devoting yourself to the apostles' teachings. How great would it be if we as individuals... And we as a church were devoted to reading and studying God's Word. How, how fantastic! How, how could this church be different? How could this community be different? That's the other thing they did, they devoted themselves to the community. Now, in other versions, this Greek word here is, 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 is a little more than just community. It's, it's, it's fellowship. It's, it's being that, that life is more than just about yourself. I have a big surprise for you. The world does not revolve around you, and the world doesn't revolve around me. All right? We are created to be in community, to love and support one another. That's why it's so important to, to wake up on Sunday mornings and to be here in church on Sunday morning, to be with a group and worship together. I've missed it. You know, uh, I'm going to prove my age again. How many of you remember Mama's Family, the TV show Mama's Family? Ridiculous t uh, Vicki Lawrence show Mama's Family. Uh, I remember when I was going over this and preparing this, I, it, uh, 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 I, I don't remember much about that show, but I remember this. Somebody said to Mama, uh, well, you don't have to go to church to get to heaven. And then Mama looking to that individual and saying, well... You don't have to have a parachute to jump out of a plane either, but it helps. 
I guess you don't have to have a parachute to jump out of a plane, but having a parachute certainly helps. And going to church certainly helps us in our Christian faith to grow and to to develop and encourage one another because this is the place where we get to know each other and and we hold each other accountable. And and, and folks, you're really good at pointing out my mistakes, but I hope that somebody is is looking at you and and love saying, listen, you know, you need to watch out. You know, you need to, are you you really, how, how are you doing in your faith? How are you doing your spiritual? You should, people be able to, should be able to look to you in love and encourage you to grow in your Christian faith. This should be a place where we, we support one another. When, when we're down, when we're grieving, that, that, that we come together to support you while you're grieving. That, that why if you lose your job, we should be supporting you and, and helping you and assisting you and, and, and moving on with your life. If you're having marital relationship problems, that we should be here to, to support you, to encourage you, to develop that in a spiritual, beautiful, spiritual way. This should be a place where we, we, you know, it's a fellowship, it's a community. You see what I'm talking about? That's who God created us to be. But here's the deal. I want you to look around for a second. I'm looking, I'm looking, I've been looking. Here's the deal. I don't see anybody perfect here. I see a bunch of sinners. But I want you to look at me too. I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner because we're human. And that means we as a church, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that we're going to drop the ball. We're going to make mistakes. But understand, God created us to be together, support one another, to, to support us when we're making mistakes, to point it out so that we become better more Christ-like in love toward one another. But that also means that, that if, if, if you've gone through a time in which you think the church has failed you, I'm sorry, but we're humans. We're made up of humans. If you've gone through a time in which you feel like the church has failed you, then, then, then see that as a gap that maybe you are the one that need to help fill. So it doesn't happen again. If something happened to you that, that you, you struggle with, then, then let's make sure that it doesn't happen to somebody else. Help God, help us become who God has created us to be, to love and support one another. If you see a ministry need that, that boy, you're quick to point out that this church needs to be doing that better. Again, come talk to me. God's moving in you to help this make, come, uh, become a better ministry. So let's make it happen and, and you be a part of it. But we are created. The believers devoted themselves to the community, to fellowship, to being together, to small groups. I am so excited to see supper clubs and small groups and, and Bible studies and new, new Sunday school classes meeting today. This joy, well, the joy class is meeting again, which is fantastic. They're doing it safely. But they're meeting because they understand. So they devote themselves to the community, to, to shared meals. This is, this is eating together and sharing. I, I so desire for us to start meet, eating together when we can uh, because there's something special. When, when I tell you, yeah, I know them, I, 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 I will usually say, yeah, I've eaten with them a few times. That's a, that's a, that's a next level of, of intimacy, right? Oh, yeah, I know them versus, yeah, I've eaten with them several times. So it's shared meals, but it's also, it's not only the shared meals, but it's also the gift of communion that we get to take. Every first Sunday, we're doing it in here again. Every first Sunday, and that's a treasured gift that we get to give, get to have. 
And we've been offering, since we're in the season of COVID, that, that you are ministers, we're all ministers of the body of Christ, so that once the communion elements are blessed, you get to take those communion wafers and juice cups to people that you love, and you get to be a minister and serve them communion to give them that gift of grace. They devoted themselves to prayer as well, to prayer. Now, I prayed with the kids, and I had some fun with the kids. I'm a little rusty, but I'm learning again. Uh, but uh, devoted themselves to prayer. You know, the first thing that, that when that explosion happened on the spacecraft, Apollo 13, uh, the first thing that Jim Lovell did is he radioed into Houston, and you know what he said? Houston, we have a problem. The first thing. He didn't go and try to figure out what happened. He didn't go and start trying to fix the issue. He immediately notified Houston, there's a problem. I need your help. Step up. I need you. And then he began to try to assess and de define what he's experiencing. Now, when a problem arises in our life, the first thing we should do is identify, God, we need your help. God, we got a problem. <laughs> uh, and then begin to assess the situation. Then begin to talk to God. And then in our prayer life, it's not only talking to God, but, but in a relationship, you need to be able to listen as well. If you wanted to have a good relationship with your friend, you're not going to only talk. You're going to allow them to speak to you. If you want a good relationship with your spouse or your fiancé, your you're going to not only talk, but you're going to want to listen. If you want a good relationship with God, guess what? You're going to need to talk, and then you're going to need to listen. Now, I know our minds wander and drift, and we go to sleep. I believe that's part of God speaking to us. It's all right. But give time to God. Folks, let's be the church God created us to be. Let's be devoted Christians. Let's be evangelical Christians. Because I don't see any other way. I can't see just being a Christian. Because once you begin to understand God's love for you, once you begin to understand the, the God of creation wants an intimate, personal relationship with you, then maybe, just maybe, as you begin to realize that, you want to share with the people around you. So may we be devoted to, to learning about God's Word May we be devoted to this community of fellowship. May we devote, be devoted to sharing meals together in the Lord's Supper. And may we be committed to prayers, praying for one another. It's not just something you say and never follow through. It's not something you just, your words go through empty air. No. Your prayers are active. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are speaking to the God of creation. Your prayers are speaking to the Lord that loves you and died for you. So let us pray. Good and gracious God, we got a problem. We got a problem in our, our world today. We got a problem is filled with divisiveness of, of, of people calling for justice for, for Lord God. We've got a problem with just the, the, the harshness toward being a Christian. To, we've, got a, we've got a lack of understanding what it means to be a follower, Lord God. We have a lack of understanding of what it means to, to be your child. But Lord God, clarify that within us. Ah, Lord, that hunger within us to know you and to follow you, Lord God. 
Let it, that begin to grow and grow and grow. And may we be all that you created us to be as your children and as your followers. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray, let the children of God say amen.